What's good? What's good? What's good, people? The Car Session Sports Report. I'm your host, Jav. As we do each and every Monday, it's been established. Blog Talk Radio, Facebook Live, YouTube. You can find this show, The Car Session Sports Report. Uh, you know, I, I do what I got to do. I like to talk about sports. You know what I mean? Antonio Brown just got paid. I wasn't going to lead with that, but I feel like it's the most newsworthy event. Five years, $72 million extension, making him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. And I, I can't get mad. When you look at his production, you look at what he's done on the field over the past maybe three or four years, he's put up numbers that you really can't, you can't argue with. He's impacted the game in ways that you can't argue with. So to get five years, a hundred, let's see, a hundred, seventy-two billion dollars. That's that's not bad. My my main concern with that contract would be when it's time to pay other guys. Is this five year seventy-two million dollar extension really gonna hinder the Steelers from paying other people, or will they be able to fit him under the cap and still pay the other important pieces? You noticed, you noticed that uh. They just franchise tag Le'Veon Bell, so that's that's the issue right there. You're giving him twenty uh, twelve million dollars. That's that's a little troubling. You just gave a wide receiver big time paper. So now, being the Pittsburgh Steelers, you really got to be concerned about your money allotment, where it's going, how it's being spent, how are we going to be able to fill the competitive team and still pay our high level players. The first domino is falling with A.B. getting his contract. I believe that Le'Veon Bell will probably be next behind to get some kind of contract that's going to add up and be substantial. But I'm really concerned about the cap number. That cap number is very critical for me. I had to put the volume up. I like to hear the music in the background. But, um, yeah, shout out to A.B. I want to get that out of the way before we get into what we're here for. Um, Russell Westbrook. Everybody, apparently, everybody's favorite player this year is Russell Westbrook. He's he's so tenacious. He's so aggressive. He's the MVP. This, that, and the fourth. All I'm hearing about is Russell Westbrook and how great he is. And it's like, you know, I've been having a continuous discussion on car sessions, whether, you know, I've been, you know, recently talking ball on the Facebook live feed, but I've been mostly doing my, my, my Russell Westbrook talk on the air. And it's been a continuous discussion about Generally speaking, you call me a hater, but I'm not a fan of, of Russell Westbrook's game. You know, I can't I can't knock the hustle. He's a great player. He performs at a high level on the night in and night out basis. He is a superstar. You can tell with the team that he has and how the team performs and how much he takes on himself that he's a superstar. So you got to big up Russell Westbrook for what he does. But personally speaking, I'm not a fan of Russell Westbrook. It's, it's no shade, it's no slander This isn't Colin Cowherd and his anti-Kobe and anti-Mellow crusades That he goes on from time to time I'm just not a fan of Westbrook's game I don't think I don't think that You can win with Russell Westbrook I don't think that Russell Westbrook At doing what he does best Can be put on a championship team And win a title I think for, for, for you to win with Westbrook He has to scale back himself Apex Westbrook what we see in this year right now, you can't win a title with that. That's my argument. I've been watching him play. I'm watching him fill up the stat sheets. I'm watching him dominate the basketball night in and night out. 
And I'm looking around and I'm like, how are you supposed to win like that? How? How are you maximizing the abilities of your teammates if you're constantly on the ball, hounding assists, hounding rebounds, taking a third of the shots? How, how are you supposed to be any good in terms of a championship level? You know, I keep harping on this point. The reason Kevin Durant is in Golden State is because he had to run away from Russell Westbrook. Not because Westbrook is a bad guy per se, but because Russell Westbrook at his core needs the ball all the time. This chip on the shoulder that everybody loves to brag about, all the media types love to brag about this chip on the shoulder. That chip on the shoulder is the reason why another superstar can't be paired with him. This guy, and whatever it is he got to prove, I don't know if somebody gave him a wedgie in the park when he was a kid. I don't know. Whatever it is about Russell Westbrook that he constantly has to prove this point essentially alienates teammates. And I'm not talking about the role players who I and, and, and they feed off of Westbrook, but high-level dudes who need the ball in their hand to be successful as well. All this talk about Westbrook and the fact that he's averaging a triple-double or damn near triple-double. I haven't checked his stats recently. As y'all know, I'm not a big stat guy. I like to watch the games. How is this triple-double going to affect the bottom line in the playoffs? That is the question here. There's plenty of possessions when he was playing with Kevin Durant all those years that were empty possessions because he took low percentage shots as opposed to actually running an offense because some of y'all people actually believe that assist means that you're running an offense. No, that just means if I dribble a ball long enough and I don't got the shot and I draw all the attention to myself because I hold the ball all the damn time and I pass it off to the next guy and he has an open shot, he's a professional ball player, so he shouldn't make an open shot and he makes it. That's an assist. That doesn't mean you're running the offense. That just means that you got an open guy a shot because you got all, att- all the attention on yourself and you have a high usage, which means that the ball is in your hand all the time. He's not, he's not a point guard. You understand what I'm saying? And it's like we, we, all this narratives that you see on Fox Sports, ESPN, NBC Sportsnet, Yahoo Sports, NBA TV, they loving off Russell Westbrook. But it's like all they doing with Westbrook is setting them up for him to fall. They setting them up to cut him off at the ankles when that team loses. And then you gonna hear guys like Tim Legler and guys like Jalen Rose and, and, and guys like Chauncey Phillips. I could keep naming names. Then they're gonna want to cut him off at the ankles by saying maybe his style of play isn't good enough to win. When y'all should know by now, there's, there's something wrong. It's something inherently wrong about the way Westbrook is playing the game right now. Y'all know, only y'all high-level basketball fans know when y'all watch these games that one guy shouldn't be on the ball like that. There's something inherently wrong about that. We haven't seen anybody win championships like that. So, for me, I really... Oh, well, let me see if this two talk about it. Watch it. Okay, see, is, is, is more of a communist team. <laughs> Let's go. But that's basically what it is. Russell Westbrook is Vladimir Putin, and everybody else are Russians. Long story short, he calls all the shots. He's the boss. He's Meek Mill and Rick Ross five years ago. You know, but it's something wrong when you watch that game. Like I can't, I can't get with it. I, and you know what? I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Most people who know me know I don't mind being wrong. Like it's my opinion. I look at this game and I see something wrong with the approach. A six foot three guard should have had the ball in his hands. He shouldn't be chasing down rebounds. He shouldn't be taking every shot. He shouldn't be dominating the ball the way that he does. You know, if I had to do a player comparison, I compare him to Rajon Rondo with more gifts. But people killed Rondo for stat chasing the way Westbrook stat chases. People get people murdered and eviscerated Rajon Rondo for that. Man. 
But now Westbrook is doing it and he's averaging all these points. And now y'all want to boost him up. I just, I don't like that, guys. I got a new chair. I see I'm rolling. <laughs> but um, you have to put the glasses back on, too, because, you know, the contact, they weren't strong enough, but your boy is blind. But uh, back to this Russell Westbrook conversation. It's a great moment in time. Like, if you were a sports fan, whether you're my age, whether you're a kid, you can remember that. Yo, Westbrook, much like Oscar Robinson, years ago, decades ago, averaged a triple-double, and it was the craziest thing we ever saw. But my question to y'all is, when when Oscar Robinson averaged that triple-double, did they win a championship that year? Nah. Oscar Robinson won a championship playing next to Kareem, and the ball wasn't in his hands as much. Ball, most championship teams, even when you had Jordan, even when you had Kobe, even LeBron James. LeBron James is living proof. LeBron could get his numbers, but LeBron says that the ball has to move for you to win a title. Golden State, the ball has to move for you to win a title. You can't do what Westbrook is doing and win a championship. Is it fun for the regular season and maybe the first round of the playoffs? Certainly. That's staying the obvious. But at the end of the day, I don't believe that Russell Westbrook is a championship player. It is what it is. To me, he's Rajon Rondo with more gifts. He's a stat-chasing guard with a point to prove, and he doesn't realize that he's already proven the point and doesn't know how to chill. At this point, he needs to look at what James Harden is doing. Take a few possessions off. Let somebody else handle the ball. Play off the ball. Impact the game by drawing attention away from your other teammates without the basketball. Maximize their ability. You ever thought of that, Russell? No? All right. Y'all can call me a hater. I don't care. I'm not a fan of this game. I don't think it's a championship-level game. It's good for the regular season. It's good for 2K. It's good for the first round of the playoffs. It's good for the blogs. It's good to write articles. It's good for the memes that people produce. It's good for all of that. But it ain't good for championships. And apparently, these dudes play professional basketball when championships last time I checked. Um, To the trading deadline... I'm not necessarily going to talk about the moves that were made and the moves that were made. It's more about the production that the trading deadline has become. You look at you look at how in the past you might see a move here and a move there. You know, a little, little small parts. Like you know, you might get an auxiliary part, an ancillary part here, whatever, whatever, whatever. The trading deadline has almost become like a summer blockbuster, blockbuster film. It's like weeks in advance you start hearing about the trading deadline. And who's moving and rumors, who's hype, all these bogus sports news, 247.com and all this other crap. And I'm in these sports groups on Facebook when everybody's posting bogus rumors that are un- unsubstantiated, but then they'll argue with you about how real it is. Bruh, it's bogus. But that's what the, uh, the trade deadline has become. The trading deadline has become the NBA midseason blockbuster. It's like, it, it, it's a moment. It's like, because everything has become televised. NBA has checkpoints. You got opening day. After opening day, you have Christmas. After Christmas is the All-Star... I don't know, wrong. After Christmas is the Martin Luther King Day game. After Martin Luther King is the All-Star game. And then after the All-Star game is the, is the mid-season blockbuster, the trading deadline. And they do this because after the trading deadline passes, we don't have anything to think about until the playoffs. So that's about... Two and a half months of basketball with no checkpoint dates. You might you might get an Easter Sunday showcase. You might. You know what I'm saying? But the way they handle it is to boost you up, get you hyped for it, 
knowing damn well it's not going to be a trade. There is, it's not going to be no trades, you know? All of a sudden, Paul George's name gets floated out there. And there might be some validity to that because he made comments about wanting to play for a contender, and I respect that. But we knew damn well. Most knowledgeable people knew damn well last. Larry Bird is not going to trade this man midseason. He's not. No offense to Paul George. Paul George is not a high-end superstar. He's a second-tier superstar. So off the rip, you already know that the offers you're going to get midseason when it seems as though the player has you by the balls ain't going to move, and it was too sudden. Moves like that takes weeks to matriculate. So for, for us to get caught up in a whirlwind of Jimmy Butler and Paul George and all these other guys in the midseason blockbuster that is the trading deadline, that's a problem. But that's that's all part of the business model. We done got okie though. Everything about the NBA in terms of the information and how the people are treated with said information changed when ESPN got their hands on the NBA product. Notice, notice for the older heads, for the OGs who got, you know, in their 40s or whatever the case, 40s and 50s, but NBC and CBS is carrying these games. You wasn't getting much of the bogus news that you have right now. There wasn't even words used like narrative. Basketball, and you watch the game, you got the articles that you were getting all the news and the news sites or whatever the case may be, you would get that, and you was good. As soon as ESPN got their hands on that NBA property, all of a sudden it's narratives, all of a sudden it's half-truths, misinformation, or swaying information without telling you the whole story to, to, to create an opinion in your head without actually allowing you to generate this opinion on your own. And that's what the trading deadline is. It's all about generating traffic to websites. If all these top-level sites is getting traffic, that means they're getting paid. So the mid-season blockbuster, that is, the trading deadline is a blockbuster because if everybody's on everybody's site, everybody's Twitter feed, everybody's blog, everybody's NBA channel, they, they, they have, like, special streaming joints for Yahoo, and everybody is trafficking towards these areas, that generates revenue. Which is why I always tell y'all, do your own research. Y'all are sports fans. Why y'all waiting for somebody to tell y'all what to think? What y'all watch the games for? Y'all might as well just wait for the results. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'll give y'all an example of how of how the, the narrative game is kind of shaky. ESPN will lead you to believe that Steph Curry's not doing anything this season and Kevin Durant is actually the dude that's balling out on OKC. I mean, excuse me, on, on Golden State. You know, KD, OKC. is just synonymous. But... There was a game, the Clipper game last week, where they dropped 50 points on the Clippers in the, in the, in the third quarter. Steph had 35-6-4, I believe, in that game. 35-6-4. And they had an, a minute and 37-second highlight. And I do this because I like to see how they misinform people. I'm a glum for punishment. I'll admit that, but I got to know. I got to see. In that minute and 37-second highlight clip, they showed a minute's worth of Kevin Durant highlights, and it may be like 10 seconds to 15 seconds of Steph Curry, even though Steph Curry went nut in the third quarter. So they want you to believe that Steph is a secondary guy and KD is carrying the baton, when in reality, that's still Steph's show. But if you didn't watch the game, or you Joe Schmo, you just pull up the ESPN, yo, let me catch his highlights because I missed that game. And you see KD shot after shot after shot, you wouldn't have realized that Steph dropped 35. That's flagrant and blatant misleading. You know what I'm saying? So now you're going to the water cooler, you're going to your lunch table, whatever you have to talk sports, you're talking to people like you know that Kevin Durant is the man of the Warriors. When the Warriors started playing better, the Warriors started playing better when Steph started playing better. Now when KD was cooking from day one, that's still Steph's show. 
That goes so the whole idea behind the production is to, you know, galvanize the people, get them hyped to generate revenue. Once that new TV deal came into play, the players started getting more bread, which affected the all-star game because these these approaches, two hundred million dollar contracts is guaranteed money. These players they're not as involved anymore. It's a TV product. What the NBA and the NFL to a certain degree has become reality TV. <laughs> it's bigger than sports. Which transitions to my next point. You know, it's a lot of paranoia. See, I'm rolling. I like this chair that's rolling, man. I was sitting on the chair that wasn't moving before. I'm hyped now. But um, I see a lot of paranoid sports fans out here. Um, it's always a conspiracy theory. It's always this guy wanted that guy to win, and you know, Adam Silver and whatever, whatever. With the finals, it was rigged and it was fixed and all of that. I'm not sure if it was rigged or it was fixed. I don't have any proof. And I get mad at the dudes who try to sound very intellectual with this whole idea that they need to stay woke and it's bigger than this and it's bigger than that. And I'm such as intellect that I can see past the, the lines on the court and show you that it's fixed. Bruh, the games might be fixed, but I don't think what we're watching is WWE. I don't think that they go backstage and they say, all right, I'm going to hit you with the stunner and that's going to be the end of the match right there. You heard? So look, Kyrie going to hit the step back for three, and that's going to be the game. I just think that there's too many variables involved for you to fix games. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, there's too much things that need to fall into place for you to completely fix the game. That's the what's good, bro. There's about time you join me on this car sessions thing, bro. But, um, it's an issue for me because I feel as though we've let, as sports fans, we've succumbed to paranoia as opposed to common sense. I'm seeing in my sports group, I love y'all, but in the talk, everybody's talking about Oh, the NBA wants Golden State and the Cavaliers to play in the finals. And I'm like, because I'm seeing uh, D- Darren Williams is going to Cleveland. Andrew Bogan is about to go to Cleveland uh, on, a, on the Warriors side. Jose Calderon's about to go to the Warriors. And it's like, excuse me, I'm trying to get over something that's been like lingering for about a week. And it's like, I'm not sick, but it's just like something is there and it's annoying me. But um, first of all, the finals, most most logical people, most, most girls who don't even follow the sport like that could tell you off the rip that it was going to be Cavaliers and Warriors again. It didn't help matters that after the Warriors signed KD, the finals were set. LeBron James is coming out of the East every year. The East is Basuda. Then there's LeBron. What are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what conspiracy theory you need for that? KD's on the Warriors, LeBron James and Kyrie are the world champions, and they showed y'all in the finals that all they need is Kyrie and LeBron James to win the chip. Like, what, what, what conspiracy theory you need beyond that? It'll, it'll take rocket science. The NBA is the most predictable sport of all sports. The surprise is when the, the teams that are supposed to be there lose. You understand? So... For people that want to sound like these intellects and these smart fans and they all this money going in and it's the Illuminati and all this and that, and all of these things might be true. But the fact remains is that it's too many variables in play and there's too many obvious factors right in front of your face that to tell you off the rip that you don't need a conspiracy theory to know that it's going to be Cleveland and Golden State in the finals. Boston might have something to say about that upset alert. Alright, Nessa, you feel like the Celtics could pull off the upset? I mean, you might be right. You know, 
But I don't believe that Boston has the parts, man. They have Isaiah Thomas. He he he's flourishing into a superstar. I'm not calling him a superstar yet. To me, you gotta have more than one big season for me to consider you to be a superstar. But he's having a superstar level season. But when you look at the parts, and you look at what Cleveland has, and what Cleveland's gonna get back, Kevin Love is gonna get healthy, JR is gonna get healthy, you have Darren Williams, which I just named, Bogut is coming, Kyle Culver, LeBron, Kyrie, you understand? It's too much. They should have traded for Butler. You know, people who listen in live on the radio, I'm talking to Nesta via Facebook Live, so you're like, is this guy talking to himself? But they should have traded for Butler. But the problem with that is, is that they, they, it's almost like they, they want to give up assets, but they have too many options, and it's like they, they, they got too much. You know sometimes when you have too much of something and you don't know what to do, so then you just don't do anything because it becomes overwhelming? I believe that happened with Boston. Like, Boston had so many assets that they didn't know the right combination to put together to get Paul George or Jimmy Butler. And I believe that that lack of a secondary star next to Isaiah Thomas is going to hurt with Cleveland start rinsing because Cleveland is going to rinse them. I think the team that has the best shot at Cleveland is actually Toronto, but I'm going to get into that at a later date. But yeah, man, all y'all paranoid sports fans, just chill out. Even if it is fixed, y'all still going to watch it anyway. So what's the point in typing about it or talking about it? Are you going to boycott the NFL? Are you going to boycott the NBA? Are you going to boycott Major League Baseball or the NHL? No, you're not. So what are we talking about? Watch the games, get your popcorn, get your wings, and just chill. And last but not least, before I get out of here, you know, I'm not going to keep you out too long. It's not a major news day, but it's Monday and I got to do my car session thing. Um, Scott Elam. Safety, hold on, I have Esco talking about 90% of boss losses with the playoff. See, there you go, Esco. If you can't beat the teams that are contending for the playoffs, what you going to do in the playoffs? Were you playing a good team every night? I, to me, if there's a team that can maybe make things interesting, they ain't going to beat Cleveland, but they could make it interesting besides Toronto's the Wizards because guard, a dynamic guard like a John Wall, if he shows up, can make it interesting. If Bradley Bill and that contract shows up, he can make it interesting. But I don't know. But uh, Scott Elam, NFL. Let's talk about that for a second. He's a safety for the Baltimore Ravens. Got caught up, you know, pulled over with a lot of marijuana on him. I'm not going to get into it because I'm not trying to glorify another black man getting jammed up in a situation. Whether it's his fault or not, you hear my voice cracking, but it is what it is, man. But... As much like I was talking about last week with Darrell Rivas, it's about choices, man. At some point, I don't know what his paper spread is. I'm not going to get into his pockets. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much Elam is making. But it's like, how you get pulled over with Bud, man? Weed? You an NFL player and you move on all of that weed? I mean, if you're going to do that, sell coke. Kids, I'm not advocating drugs. Let's, let me stop right there. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to risk your livelihood and you have the money to acquire it, if you're going to be stupid, be stupid all the way. You're getting caught with all this weed in a country where there's states that have weed legalized. What are you doing? Even further, if you're not hurt for money, if you hurt for money like that, you need to make better choices. If you get to a point where you're in the NFL, right? You're in the NFL. I got to roll again. You're in the NFL. 
even if you're not getting superstar millions, you're still making more than the average person. You know, I'm, I still make a fraction of what Elam made. Elam is, at the very, very, very minimum, is getting 600 racks. You know, bare minimum, because he's a starting safety. So I'm going to go there. He's getting 600 racks to play the game. If you only make a 600 racks, you don't live like you're making a million dollars. Whatever his money is, the whole the whole point of the statement is to say that whatever your means are as an NFL player, if you have to resort to moving barter, you are making terrible choices. And by getting pulled over with, with the paraphernalia on you, you are now paying the stupid tax. The stupid tax is where, you know, you make some bad choices that seem pretty minimal at the time, but then you pay the full consequences for a possibly minimally bad decision. That is a stupid tax. All of us pay stupid taxes in various ways every day of our lives. Just that Mr. Elam, NFL player, is paying a massive stupid tax now because he's lost his job. He's, he, he's going to jail. <laughs> That's a wrap. It's not like he got caught with a couple of baggies or a little pound on him. It's over. So whatever you were doing in your life, Elon, when you got to go sit for a second, or maybe you'll look out, maybe your record is clean enough to where they can say you're not a menace to society and you'll get probation and you'll you'll go sit in the crib and get house arrest or something. But whatever the case is, wherever you're sitting, jail cell or house arrest, whatever, the fact remains is you have to be smarter than that. You got to make better decisions. I'm never going to judge a person because at the end of the day, we're humans. We have to make choices and we have to we have to learn from these choices so that we can improve ourselves. But really and truly, once you get to the NFL, you gotta start weighing the pros and the cons. You got this to me, any person that comes into a large sum of money, you gotta start weighing pros and cons. Because if you're making sixty to seventy to eighty racks and you can live off of that, no problem. You should never be in a situation where you're making at the minimum six hundred racks and it becomes a situation where that 600 racks is not enough for you to sustain. That becomes a problem. That's a problem. That means that you've made too many choices. You wanted to live the rapper life. You wanted to floss and throw paper. Nah, man. And again, <laughs> you gotta get bud. What you thought because it was light? I, you know, I can move a little. If you feel like you gotta move weed and you're an NFL player, you gotta sell weed. You deserve to sit. Stupid tax. Scott Elam, be better than that, man. Some NFL team is going to take a chance on you because you can play. You know, you'll get a practice squad tryout at some point because you can play. But at the end of the day, yo, Ronald, what up, boy? But um, you, 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 when you get back to the league, don't make better choices. And if you're going to go for the gusto, <laughs> if you're going to risk your freedom, go for the biggest payoff. Sell Coke. <laughs> who, who does that? Who has? It's like a so it's stupid on a stupid decision level and it's stupid on a life level. You making NFL money and you sell butt. And if you choose to sell drugs, you chose to sell butt. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Um, let me see what Esco talking about. Should the NFL be investigated based on the amount of drug-related crimes the Cowboys alone? I mean. I'm not sure if they should be investigated, but I'm pretty sure that they're... You know how back in our era when we were teens and whatnot, you had the hip-hop cops 
I believe that the NFL has NFL cops. There's guys who know who these players are, and, and they keep an eye on them so that they can, you know, jam them up. Because you can't tell me that it's happenstance that Elam got pulled over with that much that much marijuana on him. I keep saying but. I'm being so unprofessional, but I'm talking to my homies. I, I can't help it. But it, I can't, it can't. It couldn't have been a mistake. It could not have been a mistake that he got pulled over like that because we drive every day, you know? Like, it's, it's too random, you know? Um, that's the Black Brothers. Black Brothers don't weigh the pros and the cons. They they got to get the bread and feel money can buy you the best lawyers and buy you out of trouble. Yeah, you might be right, Nessa. But the problem is, is that what, we, what we've learned in the last, I would say, year and a half or so is that <laughs> it ain't no, it ain't, it ain't no buying nothing anymore. It, it, it's tough times right now. Again, y'all keep trying to get me to talk race, and I tr- I try to stay away from those topics, man. But it's like it's tough times for us right now. So no matter how much you have in terms of lawyers and and money in your, in, in your back pocket, it doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter. You're gonna get jammed up. And Scott Elam is not even that big of a player. Scott Elam could walk right now right past much of y'all. Y'all wouldn't even have known he played for the Ravens and he was a safety. He doesn't have the cachet to run the race. It's not like Drew Brees was pushing somewhere in New Orleans and he got caught with the weed. You know what I'm saying? It's Scott Elam, a black dude who just happens to have muscles who might be an athlete. He's going to jail. Do I think Josh Gordon is done? He might be. Um... How many years has it been since he's played? What are we talking about? Like two years since he's played a regular season game? He's finished. If you can't, well, let me not say he's finished. I'm I'm on the fence with him because when you think about two years not playing, that means you're not trustworthy. So NFL teams are going to be hesitant to take the chance in him, but it's always going to be that one coach or that one GM that's like, yo, maybe we could get him. We, we could keep him on the straight and narrow and he can, he can reach his potential once again. So, that being said, it's about an 8. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I think it's an 8 that he's finished. I'll give you that. Beyond that, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, when I think that's about covers it. You know, unless y'all got another question for me, whatever, I'm about to break out. Oh, wait, hold on. Some, some athletes got to rid themselves of those friends once they reach that level of success. You're right, Ronald. But, you know, we can be honest here. Keeping it real and and never changing, that jams up most people who come into money because they work so hard to prove that money's not gonna change them and they're not they, they don't need money to adjust their way of life. They rather play the block with all the money in their pocket as opposed to getting a nice little crib and visiting the block. I'm never gonna say that you 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 can't visit the block and, and get that feeling because it's hard. Once once you grow up in that in that environment, it's hard to get it out of you. You need to taste it every now and again. But keeping it real is dangerous, man. You know, and and, and then your friends and the people people humans humans are fickle because humans will know that you are right and wanting to change your lifestyle, but they'll guilt you into wanting to stick around them because you know, oh you switching up on us, oh you Hollywood now, or whatever whatever it is they need to use. To, to pull you back down to their level. That's that, and these things happen. These these are all factual events, and that's the problem, man. You know, I, I feel for Elon because you know 
Whatever you can tell, whatever it is. Long story short, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that he made a few decisions to where he needed that extra money. Josh Gordon has a habit; he can't stop smoking. But Elam, he made a few choices. Probably clearly was around the wrong people, and he and he got to the point where he is now. Where he's gonna go to jail, or at the very least, have some kind of probation. That's the guy. One more question, real quick. What are your thoughts on Shaq bullying McGee? He went too far. Um. I'm not sure if Shaq went too far in terms of bullying. I wouldn't even call it bullying. Again, it's an era thing. A lot of these young guys, you know, I work, I work with a lot of young dudes, you know, in my, in my field of employment. They're not cut like us. We, we have to have thick skin. I've been roasted many a times. I've roasted people many a times. Even family members, even the women in my family are funny. You know, it, it's, 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 it's a rite of passage. A lot of these kids growing up these days, they don't have that in them. So a dude like a JaVel McGee, Shaq is just being a dude from his time where it's just it's about cutting. And, you know, until you do something for me to stop roasting you, I'm going to roast you every time that I get the opportunity to do so. And I think that's what happened with JaVel McGee and Shaq. I think the issue was is that he got corny. You know what I mean? Once it gets corny, once the joke gets corny, you keep running the same joke. Then it becomes personal, you know? It's not like JaVale McGee is playing on the Nuggets and he's still, you know, juicing up the joint. He's on Golden State. He's pretty useful on Golden State. And and, and, and the Warriors have a have a need for a JaVale McGee. So why are you still making fun and still doing the same JaVale McGee joke? That And it, it does, it's not valid. It, it doesn't qualify anymore. And I think because they got corny and the fact that JaVale McGee Clearly never liked it, and the fact that his mother is calling it cyberbullying, which means that he took it to his mom's, or his mother had to deal with it at some point or the other, shows that it reached its expiration date, then it got rotten, and then it spoiled, and we we saw it spoiled on national TV, or, excuse me, not on national TV, but on Twitter, and I think that's what the problem was there, you know? JaVale McGee never liked it because it's not like Shaq hasn't been to venues. I'm pretty sure they did a live a live setup at, at a Golden State game. You know, I, they might have. I could be wrong. But if they have, and JaVel McGee didn't pull Shaq aside, it's because he's not built like that. You know, it's a different time. You know? And, and that's where the issues come in. A lot of times in this era, guys are rather harbor their feelings as opposed to seeing the person they have an issue with. And they don't even have to be like fighting, but it could be like, I'm just not feeling something that you're doing. Pulling them aside, man to man and saying, I'm not feeling that. They'd rather talk about it, talk around it, talk via the internet, make a big show as opposed to squashing it. And that's what we saw firsthand. Um, but I'm about to break out. Uh, once again, do me the solid of sharing this with your people. Um, the YouTube channel, the, the, the programming is coming. I had a, a good conversation with my boy Mason, you know, slightly inspiring. You know, sometimes when you do this, it's good to have people who's watching it and, and and they give you that positive reinforcement. But the YouTube channel is coming. Look out for that. In about an hour or so, I'm about to link up with the homie Just Blaze. He has his um, podcast, Above the Rim podcast, Strictly Basketball NBA Talk. I'm about to link with him to do his show. Look out for that later this week. Um, but until next time, remember, share this out. Spread the word. It's Car Sessions. Peace.